Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Spooky nerds, and welcome to Small Talk, a mini episode of the Talking Strange Paranormal Pop Culture Show. Aaron Sagers here. Uh, this week on the main episode, I spoke with artist Michael Avon Oming and editor Greg Lockard about the comic they have with writer James Tinney IV. That's Blue Book and published by Dark Horse Comics. That comic, it's about a true, it's about true life UFO accounts. And they kick it off with an arc about the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. It's a really good and pretty faithful adaptation of the case. So I would encourage you to check that out. It also has some really great art. And uh, it's it's Omen. If you know uh, Michael Avon Omen's, it's really top-notch work on his part. And I I think, yeah, I think it's just a, a, a faithful adaptation of the case. And also, in that chat, I was really pleased to, to learn how much those creators really love this material and it shows in this comic book. So the second issue is out now as I'm recording this on March 23rd. So do check that out a little bit of a housekeeping thing on Patreon on the Patreon side of things, patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers. I want to welcome this month's new patrons, Rob and Allie, Elena, Jaina, Teresa, John, Mike, Brian, and Michaela. Thanks for joining our weird little party. And I invite everybody out there that's listening to come join the fun. We have movie watches. We've got trivia nights, cocktail chats, and live streams at patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers. Now, normally I would now I would launch into a reader-submitted story of the strange and unusual, but and I will. I'm going to get to that. But... Last week, I was down in Orlando. I was doing an event with Disney, the Tron event, which I've spoken about before, the the Tron light cycle run attraction opening. And I also made my way over to Universal Orlando for a day. Now, at the end of the day, and I, I love theme parks. I'm a theme park kid. As you've heard me say many times, I grew up in Orlando. So I was pretty much, uh, I, I was, I was uh, kind of, kind of uh, raised on theme parks. But uh, at the end of the day at Universal Orlando, I went to Big Fire, which is a restaurant there on the Universal City Walk, sort of a a um, outdoor kind of socializing bar, hopping, restaurant area. I went to Big Fire, had a great meal, really, really actually top-notch meal. But as I'm sitting there, I, my, I myself am drinking a glass of wine, and they have a good selection of wines. And chatting with the other patrons in the bar, chatting with the bartender, as you do sitting at the bar. I'm, I definitely prefer sitting at the bar for all the chit-chat I can have. So as I'm sitting there, there was a wine bottle in this ledge, kind of a recessed ledge uh, nook, if you will, where the wine was sitting. And in front of that, 
kind of off to each side of that wine bottle. There were these two glasses filled with wine. I guess they were waiting to be delivered to a table. And out of nowhere, out of nowhere, the wine bottle tips forward, and then the two wine glasses fire off from the bar, from the ledge, and then crash on the ground. And both the wine glasses filled with wine break on the ground, and the wine bottle uh, hits on the ledge and starts uh, pouring open a little bit. Um, actually, no, it didn't start pouring open because it's still had a cork in it, but it lands on the the bar. And this was incredible because upwards of eight, maybe ten people witnessed this happening. And we were not talking about spooky things. We were not as, you know, I sure, it's, it's what I do, right? You would expect me to bring it up. It comes up a lot at bars, but this was not happening at the moment. There was families. There were kids. There was the bartender, myself my friend and when this happened there was no one near this wine bottle to nudge it to knock it over no one brushed up against it there was no vibrations i know some people might say well it's a theme park maybe there was a roller coaster the incredible hulk coaster vibrating the entire restaurant no that is not the case and this thing tipped over now big fire is where there used to be the old emerald restaurant at Universal City Walk. I don't know if there's any history there. There probably is. But what was funny is how shocked everyone was. I saw it. Did you see it? And everybody's comparing notes. Sort of when you when you witness something collectively, you, you're like, you, you saw that? You Everybody's kind of seeing what the other person saw. And another bartender that was there, I don't think she was there when the exact moment it happened, but she walked back. She's like, oh, yeah, that happened again? And apparently this has happened before. And she calls this a haunted activity. She called it the poltergeist and said it had happened before. And some other strange things had happened at the big fire restaurant. Now, as you know, I do the show paranormal caught on camera. So what do I, what do I want to do? I want to get, I want to get a look at this footage. I want to get this submitted. I think that's going to be a tough sell because this is a restaurant at universal, a corporate owned restaurant. Uh, but they must have that footage, and hopefully they still have it. So if anyone out there knows, um, anyone at Big Fire Restaurant, Universal Orlando, help me secure that footage. I would love to see it, to see if maybe I had missed something. But, man, I was looking at this, and everybody else was looking at it, and it just, it and different angles, too, and no one could explain what had taken place. And it happened right in front of us, just a few feet away from me. It was wild. It was great. And it just goes to show that the paranormal or weird occurrences can take place when you least expect it, even at a theme park. And and actually, speaking of theme parks, I've heard lots of stories about haunted theme parks. Um, I've heard lots of stories coming out of Disney and out of Universal Orlando, probably hearing my dog shake her head in the background. Indiana says hi. So I've, I've heard lots of stories coming out of theme parks, and it makes sense. It's places where a lot of people traverse. There's a lot of kind of energetic buildup, a lot of strong emotions, and a lot of history to the land. Oh, and, uh, and we, we've spoken about haunted Disneyland Paris in the past, too, a few months ago with French paranormal investigator Vanessa Michelle. So if you want to hear about some of the stories out of Disneyland Paris, go back and listen to that. Okay, so that was just my strange occurrence for the week I wanted to share with you. Curious if anyone else has any stories about theme parks. Send them, send them in. Haunted theme parks, strange theme park experiences. I want to hear from them, hear about them from you. So let's dive into the listener submitted story today. This is from Kirsty Edwards. Uh, Kirsty, thank you for sending in your story. 
And let's dive in from Kirsty Edwards. This is the night at Chillingham Castle. This is the email that she sent us, subject line. I want to preface this by saying this story is long, but I hope you'll enjoy it. Back in 2009, as a college graduation present, my parents made my dream of staying overnight in a castle a reality. To say I was excited was an understatement. However, unknowingly, my mother had booked us an overnight stay in one extremely haunted Chillingham Castle. I had no complaints. Actually, I was even more excited to know that I would be staying over in a haunted location as the paranormal was always something that intrigued me from a young age. The castle was as beautiful as it was foreboding. Certainly a structure that was meant to be more imposing than welcoming, but it drew me in nonetheless. We had access to the entire castle and grounds, and I can tell you it was a graduation present I will never forget. When I say we, I should clarify that it was my mother, my father, myself, and a very dear friend of mine at that time that were on this two-week trip. We stayed in what is known as the Gray Apartment, and there is a portrait of a Lady Gray hanging within the apartment for which it is named. Lady Gray's real name was Lady Mary Berkeley, and she was a lady of the castle for a time. There is a well-known story that Lady Grey will emerge from her portrait and wander the corridors of the castle at night. But my friend and I, we were unable to witness this for ourselves. I would have killed for a static night vision camera. However, I can tell you that I felt a sense of sadness and and peace coming from her portrait. I thanked her for allowing us to stay in her home, and surprisingly, I felt very comfortable in that little apartment with the exception of the bathroom. Both my parents and my friend abhorred that bathroom. We would actually go to the bathroom in pairs because we always felt uneasy about it, and it felt better with a lookout. Now, keep the bathroom in the back of your mind because you'll be hearing about it again. Being a good haunted location, there was, of course, a ghost tour. So come nightfall, we grabbed our lanterns, and we went to hear about the history of the castle and the land it sat upon. Northumberland is right at the border between England and Scotland, and you can only imagine the carnage and bloodshed it had seen over the years. It was about halfway through the tour, probably sooner than that, that my father left us and returned to the apartment as he was not feeling well. In fact, he hadn't been feeling well since the moment we pulled up to the castle. It wasn't so much the torture chamber we were in or the ghastly descriptions of what John Sage, the torturer of Chillingham, had done to his victims that turned my father's stomach. Then it was something else. So my dad left us to continue the tour while he went back to the apartment alone. It would not be until the following morning that he would relate this to us, but apparently when he had gone back to, well, let's say, worship the porcelain god in that creepy bathroom, he heard, heard, Someone say Bobby in a Scottish accent. My dad was the only living soul in the apartment at the time this occurred, as the rest of us were in another section of the castle on the ghost tour. 
He was so ill that he just didn't care what he was hearing at the moment and proceeded with his worship of the almighty porcelain god. Later, my father would joke that he usually doesn't have auditory hallucinations with a Scottish accent. I should point out that my father is the skeptic in the family, and he was the only one who was sick the entire time we were at Chillingham. The second we left, he was back to normal. There's no rhyme or reason for his illness, nothing he ate. It started when we arrived at Chillingham and disappeared when we left Chillingham. He tries to explain it as being something rational, but even he cannot really put a finger on what caused his sudden illness. The rest of the night more or less went by without incident. We heard footsteps coming from below and continued to the bathroom in pairs. But for the most part, I slept very well with all the lights on and hugging my friend. I'm not proud, I'll admit it. Most of the activity, though, seemed to be in the room my parents were sleeping in. It was referred in the castle as the three steps room, as there were three small steps that led into the room itself. There was an armoire next to the building, next to the bed, that my mom kept getting annoyed with as it kept opening during the night, and she had to keep getting up to shut it. It wasn't until morning that she realized the armoire latched from the inside and that it should not have opened at all. The bathroom? Still creepy in the daytime. I refused to even take a shower in there the next morning because it just felt like you were being watched the entire time. Pervy ghost watching me while I shower? No, thank you. As we waited for our taxi to come pick us up, my friend and I decided to walk to the castle grounds and see it for ourselves in the daylight. For a place with a history of so much death, torture, and bloodshed, it was gorgeous. One of the most beautiful landscapes I've ever seen. However, if you look closely at the trees around the property, you will notice that the trunks seem to be twisted and contorted into gruesome, pained faces, screaming faces. There's a story about a hanging tree on the property, and while I am well aware that the human mind does like to matrix things, there is just a vibe these trees give off in this otherwise serene area that doesn't seem right. As my friend and I were returning to the castle on this particular morning from our walk around the property, we ended up running into the one of the groundskeepers who was walking his dog. We stopped to chat with this gentleman and hopefully get some puppy love from his dog, seeing as we missed our own puppies back in the States. The thing, though, was the dog would not come near us. Even his owner said this was strange behavior for him. One minute the dog was happy and bouncing, and the next he's cowering behind his owner with his tail tucked and ears back. The three of us chatted for a bit before we all went our separate ways, and the second the dog was away from us, it was back to bouncing and being happy again. I remarked to my friend how bizarre that was as we continued walking back to the castle. But we didn't get very far, as I soon found myself bracing for impact with the gravel path we were on. There were no tree roots for me to trip on or over. The ground was not slippery, and while I am a blonde, I can attest that it was not one of these moments. I just fell. My knees and hands were scraped and bloodied up, and I can't explain it, except it felt like someone stuck their foot out in front of me to trip me. Only no one was there. I would have typically chalked this up to my own clumsiness. But after seeing the dog react in such a strange manner and knowing for a fact that I did not slip or trip on anything in the environment, I just can't explain it. In one of the rooms downstairs, the one that leads to the dungeon, my parents, my friend, and myself all watched as a door knobbed 
doorknob turned by itself. Fun fact about this door, it was a swing door and the doorknob was only there for decoration. And there was a window on the door itself so you could see who or what was on the other side. Of course, there was no one there, just a turning doorknob that was not supposed to turn. There is also a picture that my mother took of our tour guide for the ghost tour, William. And it wasn't until reviewing it much later that I noticed someone standing at the gate behind him. To me, it looks like a woman with her hands clasped in front of her. I know that no one was behind William when that picture was taken, and no one at the castle was dressed for it, was dressed like that, so your guess is as good as mine. It was a little rainy, so I wonder if maybe Lady Berkeley came out to see what was going on in her home. One last note about Chillingham. Don't take anything from the building, not even a bloody piece of fruit. Now, I've been reading and watching every little thing on the paranormal since I was a little kid, and I know a big no-no is taking objects from haunted locations. What's funny about this is this wasn't an object directly linked to the castle. This was a piece of fruit laid out for us at breakfast. You see, my mother is diabetic, and since we were going to be on the road that morning, I suggested she take a banana with her if her blood sugar should crash. Well, apparently, the curse of Chillingham extends to taking fruit for medical purposes as well. We ended up lost to our next destination, the bed and breakfast we had booked somehow. And the bed and breakfast we booked somehow lost our reservation. And we almost didn't even have a place to stay for the night. Things worked out in the end, thankfully, but it was a bit hairy for a while. And in case you're wondering, we threw away the cursed fruit. Even my skeptic of a father wasn't taking a chance. I may never be able to explain my experiences during my story, my stay at Chillingham Castle, but I can tell you, it is a place rich in history, seeped in tragedy, and shrouded in mysterious beauty. If you are brave enough to stay the night at this magnificent castle, take a moment to thank Lady Berkeley for allowing you into her home. She might just pay you a visit and make sure that your stay is a pleasant one. Just make sure you don't take any cursed fruit home with you. I've attached a photo of our tour guide and the unexpected guests behind him, as well as the portrait of Lady Berkeley, of which it is rumored she emerges from to wander the castle. Kirsty Edwards. Wow, Kirsty, thank you for that well-written story. I very much appreciate it. And, and, and for all you folks over at patreon.com slash Aaron Sagers, I'll be posting those photos that Kirsty sent us. There does seem to be something in the background of the photo with her guide. I want to get your reaction to it. Maybe I'm just, maybe it's a, a example of pareidolia, but it does look like there's something in the background. So check that out and also check out the, the photo she took of Lady Berkeley's portrait. I would love to hear all of your listener reactions to Kirsty's story. And for those of you that are watching this video on Patreon, let me know what you guys think. Sound off with advice. Also, share your stories about hauntings, strange encounters in the woods, unusual lights in the sky. Actually, guys, I'm really dying for a good cryptid or UFO story. Or tell me about an encounter with a bizarre human who made your skin crawl at the soul level or any near misses with danger or violence that were then guided. You were guided to safety due to some 
instinct or strange force. Tell me about those stories. Tell me all about it. Send it to talkingstrange at denofgeek.com. Also, send in guest suggestions, ask questions about me or about the show. Send it all in, talkingstrange at denofgeek.com. All right, folks, I'm Aaron Sagers. This has been Small Talk, a mini episode of Talking Strange. And until next time, remember, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content. Yeah.